This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Everything, Instagram, social media, like what you see on TV, orients people around. If I make more, if I become more successful, I'll um, finally be happy. And so how, I don't know, you know, it's hard you for know, people just, to break I'm, out of that. I, I'll be honest with you. I actually don't think... Well, first of all, you know this, it starts at home. Yeah. You know, like the household you grew up in and what they valued, you know, I love stereotypes because stereotypes are flawed because making judgment on people, like everyone's is ridiculous, but stereotypes are also have nuanced truths. That's how they became stereotypes. When I think about cultures that are more happy, like just they're more free spirited or happy. You know, you see a family environment where what they cared about was like family dinner on Sundays or always dancing and music and that. Like, it's just so obvious to me from afar. You know, the way you answer it and the way you attack it is in the meta right now. We are two gentlemen who through hard work and serendipity and timing and a million trillion other variables have achieved business financial success, yet we feel compelled like a fly going to the light or those bugs outside in the summer to talk about these things because we just inherently know that if you think a Ferrari and a Rolex is gonna make you happy, you are delusional. And like, <laughs> we've, and we've experienced taken on it. This, yeah, yeah, and we've experienced it from different, you know, different angles and different lenses. You know, I'm coming from a place of somebody who has never shown that. I've never, you know, I was never attracted to it. None of my friends were that. I've never showed that in my content. It's not what I like. I also feel like I over-demonized it. I've had a couple of friends who really like a good Lambo or a watch and they get not, they get tiffed or they disagree. And I'm like, you know, you're right. I actually say I'm wrong. I'm like, you actually, like, I've heard you talk about that watch. You spent four hours talking about the breakdown of how it works and the craftsmanship. But the reason I say it is because 97% of people do not buy Rolex for its craftsmanship. 90%, exactly. 85, whatever number you want to use. And and so I think it's important to teach the kids that, and not even the kids, the 60 year olds, because it's never too late to change. So I just think it's the meta. I think you just try. It's, we choose what we're about. We choose what we talk about. I choose to talk about the fact that I think kindness and empathy is cool. I also think that accountability is required because so much of our issues is that. We're in a culture now of trying to convince others instead of convincing ourselves. How many people that you meet that are well off, that are deeply troubled, like there is no correlation of wealth and happiness. How we still confuse this whole, I'd rather cry in a Ferrari is only said by yeah, people man. that don't understand. Nobody yeah, I get that comment a lot. You want to cry. I, yeah, I hate that comment. Like that comment. I'd much rather be smiling in my least Honda. Who oh. wants to cry? Because crying in your Ferrari doesn't mean a tear once in a while. It means you are unhappy. You are insecure. You're buying Ferraris to show people that you made it. You're trying to impress you people you don't even like. 
That's because I'm a marketer and a branding guy, not a salesman. But I'm also a salesman. Look at the earlier question I asked you. You said, what are you gonna do? I said, sell. I know how to sell, I know how to brand. The best way to sell in the world is not to run retargeting programs or affiliate marketing, it's build a brand. Everybody, you think my man here is wearing those Nikes because they cookied him, <laughs> right? Like, like everybody here is wearing, everything they're wearing, everything, the underwear I'm witness, what is it? Calvin Klein, it's brand, it's brand, it's all brand, that's exactly right. I don't want to ask people to buy my I want to say I have a new sneaker out and people buy that I have a new book out, of course. And here's the best part, and this is the most important part in the entire game. When I ask for something, come see me speak, come buy my sneaker, come buy my book, I give away all this free better than anyone. I think I'm at the top of the game, free, free. If they don't, I understand. I have zero expectations to convert. Too many people are giving away for only, when you give with expectation, you're a piece of You're not a good person. When you give and you have an expectation, you're a manipulator. You're not a giver. I give and have zero expectations. The will fall where they are. If it goes great, mazel tov. If not, I wasn't providing enough value. That's on me. I don't give, I'm not doing this interview for any other reason than I know that it's leverage for you and it's gonna put you on and you can use it for other that you wanna do. And you know how good that makes me feel? That's real life. And I think that the cool thing about that is from a system's point of view, that does not create resentment within you. Because if you were giving. Correct. And you eliminate the social negativity. Brother, I have zero expectations of everybody. Right. I can give a I have zero expectations of my own employees. What, many will argue with me in my own organization that one of my shortcomings is my lack of expectations. It's just the way, it's, I just have empathy. I'm just overly, to a fault, I would argue to a fault, empathetic. And I've brought it back to create more accountability and candor, but yeah man, that's it. You, you, you're very smart to follow up what I said by that. That was a very good job by you. That's the right insight. I'm, you know why I'm always happy? I don't expect anything from people. Most of you are unhappy because you've got expectations of somebody, your mother, your friend, what you did at work, your boss, your homie. I got zero, when I lend somebody 20 bucks, I may pretend that gone. I'm giving you 20 bucks. Yeah, it's funny, I had one funny question here. I was debating whether to ask, and I'm gonna ask it. Ask it. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put my two cents, but yeah. the question is, what was your payout from your dad's wine business to build this business? And my answer in my mind is like, dude, it's the work ethic, it's the grind, it's the integrity. Financially, it was zero. Financially, it was zero. When I let, when, you know, VaynerMedia was started by me selling a client from Gillette an $80,000 program, and that was the money that was started. The payout was I, I had 0% of the business. I didn't get a loan, nothing. I built that business for my family because my family brought me to America and raised me perfect. And so, nothing, the payout was zero, zero dollars, zero dollars. That's why when people talk I laugh. I'm competing, I competed against people that raised a million dollars. Like people, you were given a liquor store. I sure wasn't. Like come and look at my taxes, come see me. I built my parents' liquor store for them, facts. Now come see me when you got an excuse that, oh easy for you Gary Vee, you got a three million dollar liquor store. Go read the articles. I started in a company that was doing $3 million, 
making 300,000 in profit. I worked my off from 22 to 34, 15 hours a day to build a business for my parents that I left at 34 with nothing. Now tell me who had it worse. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there I go. And, and that's my thing, right? For years I never clarified that. The reason I'm not mad at people for saying it is I didn't talk about it because you know it was a family business. I didn't know like, I didn't want to put my family's business out there. But now I talk about it with fire because I'm just tired of your excuses. And me, who gives a what I accomplished? Don't look at me. Look at somebody who was born in like the deep jungles of like whatever and comes to America. My parents did it better than me. Me, my parents came here with nothing. Lived in a studio at 23 years old with $100. Forget me. There's a, there's 50 million people that came from and made it. So what the is your excuse? Entitlement. You're entitled. If you ever bought a $5 Starbucks coffee, you're soft. If you ever in your life bought a $5 coffee from Starbucks, you are soft. Globally, in the 7.7 .7 billion people, you're fancy, you're soft. A $5 cup of coffee, you. So I don't want to hear it from the people in my comments or people like behind my back. You're, you live in, you, you, you live in like 99% of my comments are from people in first world countries. Like you. What? Your best friend's parents bought him a BMW and not you? You soft piece of I can't deal with it. It's ridiculous. People are, oh, you're mad at your homie because their parents, their parents, his parents, her parents paid for their Coachella trip, but you had to work to pay for yours? You went to Coachella. Like, what is the matter with you? I have a lot going on. Why do I want to do this 45 minutes? A, I want to keep seeing you win because I see something from afar in the way you're doing it. And, and Appreciate you. when, when yeah. you're up to something and you see somebody else have the potential to like expand on it, we, we need as many allies into mental happiness as possible. You know, and so uh, that. But number two, it's because it's me living the answer to your question by allocating time. Time is my biggest asset. And for me to allocate 45 minutes to talk about it is me doing what you asked, which is, I know I have a platform right now. I especially have a very unique platform. I have incredible, right now, now that every kid wants to be an investor and a businessman, it's crazy. It must be crazy for you too. When we were growing up, how old are you, Justin? It was not, I'm 38, I'll be turned 38 this year. Amazing, so you know this because you lived it too. It's insane, like every 14 year old, boy, girl, I'm an investor. I'm a entrepreneur. I'm gonna be an influencer, make my own money. Like, this is like, it's like the whole world turned into who I was at 14. And, yeah. but I was the only one at 14 when I was a kid. Now it's the standard. So now I know a lot of these kids, you know, I live, now that the world's opening up a little bit, I'm getting outside. There's been a lot of growth even in the last 18 months. Like, I walked by a gaggle of 15 year olds that like, they start losing their mind. And I'm like, oh my God, this is getting crazy. <laughs> So what do I do? I, I'm very thoughtful about what I put on TikTok. And if I can get those kids, if they think I'm cool, if I can get them addicted to happiness around good things, kindness, like doing it for yourself, not for anybody else, all that stuff, 
then you're leaving a little bit of a legacy. I love that. That's which is absolutely, place. which is an absolutely my selfish place. My selfish place is the curiosity of how big of a legacy can I build. And yeah, the only way I know yeah. how to build a legacy is not how much money I make. Nobody gives a they, A small group may, but they're not sustainable. Anybody who cares about my net worth or how much money I made, I'm not gonna penetrate them anyway. They're looking for short-term yeah. proxies of Adorfian like hits. Like I, I'm looking for people that look to run the marathon. I'm not a sprinter. I'm not Usain Bolt. I'm not a sprinter. Yeah. I'm, I'm a marathon runner. I'm in Kenya every day running 400 million miles, you know? <laughs>